You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ are all advancing right now, and this update is brought to you by the American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. More at ADR.org. Stocks are advancing after last night's presidential debate. Consumer confidence data boosting optimism in the U.S. economy. We'll have more on that confidence data coming up on Taking Stock. S&P 500 index up 13 now to 2159, a gain of six-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 131 points, up seven-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 45, a gain of nine-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 730 seconds, yield there 1.56 percent. Gold down 12. 90 the ounce, a decline of 1% to 1326. And crude oil slumping 3% now, a barrel of West Texas Intermediate down $1.36, 44.55 right now on WTI. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Consumer confidence is growing stronger every day. No, it's not just the lyrics to a Chicago song. It's a description of what's going on in the world economy. Lynn Franco is Director of Economic Indicators for the Conference Board, and she joins us here in studio. Lynn Franco, thank you very much for being with us. Good to be back. All right. Give us the details of this latest report. Well, we had some pretty good news. Back-to-back monthly gains were at 104.1 in September, which uh, last time we were this uh, confident was before the Great Recession, so at a nine-year high. And basically what we're seeing that's driving this is consumers' assessment of the present situation. That's also at a nine-year high, so that tells us that the economy remains relatively strong and expectations are that this is going to continue. I'm glad you mentioned the present situation index because, yes, it is strong. In fact, if we could throw up a chart here on radio, you'd see that it is higher than actually the overall consumer confidence because expectations are so much lower. They look a lot flatter. And uh, more than one economist has told me that if you want the part of this report that tracks spending more closely, it is expectations. It's to look to the future. And I would say that's a signal, if that correlation is true, that doesn't say this necessarily translates into a lot more spending, even though it's great that people are feeling better, particularly about the labor market. 
Right. It doesn't necessarily translate into more robust economic growth either. It's sort of more of the same, which is a theme that we've had. Um, but I think the key takeaway here is really the fact that, um, you know, this is sort of typical behavior that we see during an expansion where the present situation continues to grow. Expectations tend to level off. And I think it just shows us that the economy is still on solid footing. At least that's how consumers assess it. Now, I just want to read into some of the details, and I know that there are many of them, so I'm just going to give you a little thought here, which is the automobile sector particularly, because you asked the question, do you plan to buy within the next six months? Uh, and there's yes, uh, well, and then in the various categories. One, just if you could tell us a little bit about that, just noting if there's a trend or something we should pay attention to. Uh, sure. I think here, you know, we've seen pretty robust growth in auto sales for several months now. There's no indication that that's going to fall off at this uh, moment. You know, we might get a little fluctuation month to month, but if we go back a year or two ago, we're still relatively strong. So, yes, consumers do remain sort of on the sidelines. They're still careful about where they're going to spend their money, when they're going to spend their money, but they are willing to make these big ticket item purchases. You know, I was sitting here thinking about this consumer confidence number, and it's the strongest in nine years. So I thought, hmm, but I remember, because I've been following this for a long time, when it used to be, oh, easily in the 120s instead of like the 104s. So I went back on my Bloomberg, uh, went into my eco page and then into the historical price page, and the high in consumer confidence was January 31st. Of 2000, it was at 144, almost 145. Consumer confidence in the 2000s ran consistently a lot higher than it runs now. Do you need to rejigger your base? Is something off? Or are people just a lot less confident than they used to be? Oh, I think we need to put it into perspective. That was sort of the Internet bubble, and we see how that ended up. So typically what we've seen, it runs somewhere between 100 to 120. And I also think we need to put this in perspective. Um, during other recessions, we had seen consumer confidence drop to about 60, maybe a little bit lower. At our lowest point, we were at 25 during this recession. So we have come a long way, um, and I think we may have a little bit uh, further to go, but I think these levels and the overall trend are positive news. All right, a little bit more detail on the trend in vacations. You know, I was looking, we were talking about automobiles. You think that's going to remain steady? What about vacation data? We see the vacations here as well, that it's holding up quite well. And now I think we get sort of into that time where we start thinking about our next vacation, our next time off. At least maybe I do. But anyway, uh, I think that's going to hold up too. Again, you know, consumers now, the confidence level is high, so that means they're willing to spend. They have the ability to spend. It's just making those decisions. I mean, they're still a little bit cautious. We're all sort of scarred. But in terms of autos, vacation, and even in homes, I think we have positive news. So when you look at the election and, of course, uh, coming off of the uh, debates last night, it's certainly right up there with everybody's mind so much so that Mike McDonough from our Bloomberg Intelligence team looked at Bloomberg's uh, Consumer Comfort Index and tracked uh, how it shows how college-educated consumers and pe- people who have at least some college or more and incomes over 100000 it looks like their confidence is rising and falling with Clint- Hillary Clinton standings in the polls. And, of course, the Mexican Compeso rally today when many people said that she beat Donald Trump in the debate last night. At the conference board, are you guys looking at this? Are you tracking confidence versus the elections? 
We've actually gone back and looked at a few articles that the New York Times has done in the past. And generally what they've seen is in September, if confidence readings are above 100, the party in office tends to stay in office. Uh, the last exception, however, was the reelection of uh, President Obama, where confidence levels were a little bit below 70. Um, but this does, I guess, point uh, sort of towards positive news for the current administration. What about the specific, just quickly, about Ohio? What did it tell you there about the confidence in Ohio? Because I was looking at that. You do it by state almost uh, and region. I was thinking here, 83.5, that's down from 96.9. Right. Um, Well, actually, what we do with the states is we tend to look at a three-month moving average. kind of takes out a little bit of the noise. What we've seen across the nine regions, basically, is there have been improvements over the course of the past year. It's been a little bit bumpy. The one exception has sort of been what's happening in terms of the West, South, Central, or in Texas because of oil prices. Well, and oil prices can certainly make the consumer less confident when they go up too high. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Tim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll be speaking with Margaret Tullev, White House correspondent for Bloomberg News, a presidential debate recap, and what's next for the candidates. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.